Hi, and welcome to Bible study with Bumi. And in tonight's Bible study, I am looking at a scripture that I read earlier today because I feel like it's very instructive for us as Christians and as believers, people who believe in Jesus, who want to live the life that God has for us. I think it's very instructive that we should look at that particular scripture and see how Jesus, our model, the one that we look upon as our example of how to be Christians in this world, how he did things. And, you know, I love telling people to look at Jesus, but then people come back to me and say, but Jesus was the son of God. I say, yes, I hear you. I know he was the son of God and I know he is the son of God, but he was very mortal when he came into the world. He came into the world and subjected his himself to humanity he subjected his divine nature to a human nature but there's also something that I've learned about Jesus just from studying the scriptures reading the scriptures especially more in the last three or four years is that whatever Jesus did we can do as well whatever he did we can do as well and the reason I say that is because the scriptures talk about how Jesus was is our perfect example he's the one that you know placed himself before us in such a way that we could look at him and say if Jesus did that I can do it also why because the word of God says in John 14 verse 12 that's John 14 verse 12 that you know these works that I do greater works than this shall you do meaning that the things that he has done he's saying much more than what he has done we are able to do and that we will be able to do so that means that there is ability within us to do even more than what Jesus did so you know where Jesus gave a man who was born blind gave him sight Jesus is saying you can even do much more than that maybe he's the person was born without even eye sockets and he basically is saying you can put eye sockets where I did not even put eye sockets Jesus is our perfect example and reading the scriptures this morning I'm reading the book of John at the moment well actually I'm reading the bible from beginning to the end I've done it once I think I might have done sort of started a second time but I didn't finish but this time I'm determined to read the bible from start to finish again not just read certain books but read the entirety of the bible and I definitely encourage anyone that's listening to this if you have been thinking of reading the bible you can it is possible. It is doable to read the Bible from start to finish. If you've never read the Bible at all, or the Bible isn't really your thing, then maybe not reading the entire Bible might be a goal you want to set. You can just start with reading a verse a day. That's kind of what me started on my own consistent Bible journey. In terms of in the last two years, I've literally read my Bible every day. And I don't say that to boast, but I say that it is possible to read your Bible every day. I gave myself a goal where the goal was just to read a verse a day. Eventually, I graduated from a verse to a chapter to now that I do multiple chapters in a day. And the reason I'm saying that is maybe you're listening to me and you're thinking, oh, Bumi, I can't possibly read the Bible in one, you know, in, in one sitting, in one go. Don't try and read it all. Just read a verse. One verse is better than no verse. And, you know, it's also the kind of thing I speak to when I say to my my own clients, clients in my business, when I say to them, when they say, oh, I'm trying to, you know, build my spiritual capacity. I'm trying to grow myself spiritually. And I say to them, start small. So always start small. So if you're thinking, if you've been, if you've been tussling within yourself and say, no, I want to read the Bible, but I don't know how to do it, all of that. 
keep it simple for a long time especially after i had my second child i literally just read the verse of the day that was it opened the bible app and read the verse of the day and then maybe listened to the person's um, explanation or you know opinion on what that verse meant and how to apply that verse for that day that was it and then obviously i graduated and started reading chapters and you know now i can you know take time i'm doing studies and all of those kind of things and it wasn't that i wasn't doing those things before but i wasn't always necessarily as consistent as i am now and so one of the things that I want you to know as we go into this study is that whatever Jesus did, we can do. But tonight's study is really about how we can be participants or co-creators, co-participants, whatever you want to call it, with God in terms of the things that we have been told will happen for us. So when Jesus was coming into the world, he had an agenda. He had a purpose. His purpose was to come and die for the world so that all might be saved, all might be restored into their place as children of God, but also as kings and as priests. That, that is the more or less the shortened version of what Jesus came to do. But he also came to give us a model so that that way we knew what to be like. So he didn't just say, okay, I'm going to save you, but I'm also going to show you what it's like to walk as a saved person. So one of the things about Jesus is that in, in the preceding years before he arrived on the scene, up to, I think, 400 years before he arrived on the scene, there had been prophecies about him. There had been prophecies actually about Jesus right from Genesis chapter 3 when man fell. God said, and the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. Like the woman is going to give birth to a child and it is that child that's going to be your undoing. That was what he said to Satan. What he basically was saying is that um, there's somebody coming and that person is going to do something to you. That's Genesis chapter three. If you are familiar with the Bible, there are many books between Genesis chapter three and the New Testament where we start to read the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Literally, there's hundreds of sayings. There's different things that have been said about Christ. And all of them are saying this. One of them is saying, oh, there will be one. His name will be this. His name will be wonderful. Counselor Isaiah says that, that in Isaiah chapter nine, his name will be wonderful. His name will be counselor. You know, he's the mighty God. You know, even when David, David, who was a man of the spirit, even though at that point in time in the Old Testament and in the Old Covenant, the spirit of God didn't reside with people. But David was so in tune in his relationship with God that God gave him a glimpse into the future such that Psalm 24 is David writing the encounter when Jesus appears in heaven after he has finished his work on earth. God showed David that in advance. So Psalm 24, when people say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, who is this king of glory? They're referring to Jesus. Literally, the angels are saying, hey, who is this person that's coming to the gate? You're not allowed to enter here. And he says, I can enter. I am the king of glory. I have done something. So, you know, the Old Testament is filled with all these prophecies about Jesus. It's written about him that this is what needs to happen. And then I open my Bible today and I'm reading the book of John. And it's not the first time I've happened upon it. It's something that has been rumbling in my head or probably in the last six months about how Jesus was very intentional to fulfill everything that was spoken about him. In our world today, God is speaking to us. He's speaking to us, whether he's speaking prophetically through a person or he's speaking directly to us. And we have a responsibility 
to ensure that what he has said comes to pass. The biggest handicap for the modern Christian is probably one of the scriptures in the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 40, 31, where it says, and those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And you know, the, that word wait on means that people abdicate the responsibility of their waiting to God and say, you know what, if God said it, then God is going to do it. That is true. But you also need to ensure that the thing that God said comes to part, pass in that you need to be an active participant in what God said. Jesus was an active participant in what God said. When you are praying, your prayer should be such that whatever God said to you is upon your lips. So you are saying it, but you're also doing it. Let me read for you. And so in Genesis, not Genesis, in John chapter 12, verse 12, it's talking about the triumphant entry. And it says, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. Jesus was so intentional to fulfill the word of God. He was intentional that whatever had been written concerning him, he was going to live it out. So much so that when it was time to go into Jerusalem, he didn't go on a horse. He didn't go on an ox. He went on a donkey so that it would be in alignment with what had been written concerning him. As believers and as Christians, when you get a word from God, you don't just receive it in your mind. Note it in your prayer journal or in your prophetic journal and put it to one side. When you get a word from God, you have a responsibility to act on that word. As believers, many of, the, many of us are not seeing the fulfillment of what God said, the prophetic word that has been spoken concerning us or all the days that have been written concerning us because we don't act out what has been written. And you might be saying, yes, Bumi, I know, but isn't the word supposed to do, you know, God says he will hasten to perform his word. Yes, he will, but you have to align yourself with the word. You have to align yourself with the word. You know, when Jesus saw John, when John was baptizing, so John the Baptist was a forerunner to Jesus. And even John the Baptist had, <laughs> I love the scriptures because the scriptures are very, very, they're very expressive about what was happening. Even John the Baptist, it had been said concerning him that he should, um, that he was going to be a forerunner to Jesus. And, you know, John the Baptist says at some point that Jesus, the reason why he was baptizing was because God had told him that go, there is somebody you are going to baptize. When you baptize him, you will see the spirit of God rest upon him like a dove. That is the Christ. So John is baptizing people 
in the river. And he's literally doing one person after the other. Why? Because God had told him that the person you are an announcer for the, you are supposed to announce the Messiah. You are supposed to announce the Christ. But this is how you will know who the Christ is. There will, you will be baptizing people and there will be a spirit that rests upon that person. Now, some of us will say, well, God told me I'm an announcer of so, so, and so. And then we fold our hands waiting for the spirit to move us. And it's like, no, you can't do that. You have to be like Jesus and you have to be like John in that John was like, oh, you said I, the person I baptized, fine, I'm going to start baptizing people until the day I see that person. If it took 10 years, he was going to keep baptizing till he saw the person on which the spirit of God descended like a dove. You know, John said, if you read the book of John, is John, in John chapter three, John says, I am not the Messiah. I am not him. But God has already told me that this is how he is supposed to be identified. This is how he's supposed to be identified. And then, you know, even when God, Jesus was going to be baptized by John in Matthew chapter three, I'm going to open it for accuracy. Jesus says in Matthew chapter three, verse 13, then Jesus came to Gal get, came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. But, and you, do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus said, you don't stop this baptism. The baptism is an announcement. The spirit of God upon me is a thing that needs to happen. So let's do our part. Jesus said, let it be so now, John, Matthew chapter three, verse 15, let it be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. We have a responsibility to fulfill all righteousness. If God gives you a word, you have a responsibility first to receive the word, then to ask God, how can I do my part to ensure that this word comes to pass? If God tells you you are going to have a child, but then you don't start to prepare for the child that God has told you about, you are not fulfilling all righteousness. Jesus is our perfect example of a person that was intentional to fulfill everything that had been said about him. Jesus went into the temple and drove out the money changers and the people who were buying and selling so that the word of God, which had been prophesied concerning him in the Old Testament, that zeal for your house will fill me. He ensured that he did it. He ensured that that zeal was apparent so that the fulfillment of that prophecy could be seen. 
If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's so many times in those four specific chapters where it is said that, and then his disciples remember that it had been written in the books that this and this and this was supposed to happen. As believers, we must, and I say it with all love, we must do our part and stop being Christians who fold their hands and wait for God to do everything. If we sit and fold our hands, the thing that God has said will not come to pass because prophecies are conditional. If we don't fulfill the conditions of the prophecy, the prophecy will stay what it is, a nice word that could have changed the trajectory of our lives, but never did. So maybe you have been given a prophecy. Maybe God has spoken to you directly. You have a responsibility now to say to God, if you are even at that point where you're like, I don't know what to do with this word, at least pray the word out. Declare the word out and then ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate your mind on what you are meant to do. If God tells you that this is the year you should get and you will get married, but you are not preparing for that marriage, you are not leaving your house, you are not interacting with people, then you are literally tying God's hands. How do I know this? It says in the word of God, and I think it's, I believe it's Psalm 78, and I'll check it just for accuracy, where it says that, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited the Holy One of Israel. It is possible to limit God. It is possible to limit God. It is very possible. It is possible for a prophecy not to be fulfilled because we didn't do our part. Yes, Psalm 78 verse 41. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Limited him. Meaning God can be limited in our situations and in our circumstances. So we must be like Jesus. We must do our part. If it says you are supposed to ride on a donkey's coat, you are supposed to ride on a donkey's coat. You go and get the donkey. That's what he did. If it says that you're supposed to work in the UN, then at least sort out your passport so that you are ready when they call you. If you are meant, if you've been told that you're going to relocate to another country, don't then sit around and not even get a passport. And even when you get that kind of word, oh, you're going to you're going to move countries. Okay, God, how am I going to move countries? What do I need to do to prepare myself? If when you get a prophecy, first of all, test the prophecy, because not everybody that said God said, really said God said. It's not God. Some people are speaking from their flesh. But test it. The Bible says test all spirits. So test the prophecy. Ask the Holy Spirit, is this from you? Is it not from you? 
And more often than not, because you are a believer and a believer who has the Holy Spirit, that's if you are a believer who has the Holy Spirit, if you've given your life to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. So if you are a believer with the Holy Spirit inside of you, you there's a part of you that automatically knows if that thing is coming from God. So then test it. Then pray about it. Pray about the prophecy. God, what are you saying on this matter? What are you saying in this circumstance? What am I meant to do? And then where it has to do with practical steps, take those steps. Start small, build up from there. Jesus is our perfect example. And if we don't want prophecies in our lives to fail, just as they did not fail in his life, then we need to be like Jesus. We need to intentionally walk that, that prophecy out. God bless you. God keep you. As always, the word of God needs to be in your heart. It needs to be in your mouth. It needs to be in your mind. So please spend time reading the word because I find that the more time I spend in the word, the more I am able to even understand the prophecies that I'm given by God. The word of God is even your first prophecy. Like the word of God is filled with so many prophetic promises that you can even lay hold for yourself. Take them. Take them, listen to them, read them, pray with them. And then take action where you need to take action. Don't say God will do it. Oh, I'm waiting on God. No, God is waiting on you. You are a determining part of whether the prophecy in your life or that has been given to you comes to pass or not. So do something about it. God bless you and thank you for joining this Bible study with Bumi.